What up good people? Listen, you were not here by mistake. God has a special word planned just for you today. So sit back, relax and get ready to receive. Amen. What is going on everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to the J Makopo podcast. It's so good for you guys um, to join me and to be a part of this community. So if it's your first time listening, here is your extra, extra mercy. If it's not your first oh, time yes. listening, here is your extra mercy. I need to give some oh, people yes. some shout outs because it's been a while since I've done this. Okay. Uh, Lindo Kute. Uh, I think it's Kawuza. Here's your extra immersive. Uh, then it's uh, Cleopatra Baloi. Here is your extra immersive. And then Emita. I think it's Gala or Gala. Here is your extra immersive. Thank you so much for shouting out the podcast, letting people know that you're listening. And anyone who I may have missed, I just need to say I am sorry that I missed you. It's been a while. Uh, me doing a podcast that in this setup. Uh, but I just want to say thank you guys for uh, just letting people know about the podcast and for helping it grow. So the one announcement I just need to make is that this podcast is the last one for 2020. Uh, we're going to go on the podcast break that I've been speaking about. And... Uh, we're going to pick this back up in February 2021 because we just need to, I, I need to uh, sort out things uh, church-wise uh, just with my plans so that things can flow properly in the new year. So um, the first Sunday of Feb, we are kicking everything back up and there will be an announcement concerning the podcast uh, next year, which is pretty exciting so look out for that but we're going to get into this message last message of 2020 and it's called most people wouldn't let me say this prayer with us right now let's pray father we come before you and we thank you for your love and your mercy i pray that you would move in this place i pray that you would touch people's hearts i pray uh, that this podcast episode my god would bring so much life into our lives into our minds and may it give us a vision and may it give us purpose my god in our next steps i pray clarify some things in us and give us a greater conviction to serve you and to be who you've called us to be in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, and we all said, "Amen, Amen." I'm gonna, I wanna uh, uh, take us to the book of John, chapter four. Now, listen. In this message, I wanna say to you that people who make a difference are people who do things other people are not willing to do. People who are remembered are people who are willing to go places other people are not willing to go. So, this message is called "Most People Wouldn't." Most people wouldn't because Jesus went to the path that most people wouldn't go. Jesus would speak to the people that most people wouldn't speak to. Jesus had the faith that most people wouldn't have the courage to have in their lives. Now we're going to go again, like I said, the book of John chapter 4. What we see here is a very famous story where uh, Jesus comes to a woman who is at the well, a Samaritan woman, and he begins to change her life uh, by speaking to her about her life and speaking to her about what he has to offer this was an encounter that changed her life but what is happening in this is that jesus um was with his disciples and while this is going on while god is moving the disciples are not there the disciples are on a path that most people would be on while jesus was alone in a path that most people wouldn't be in now, like in those days, a man was not found speaking to a woman, especially now that Jesus was a Jew and she was a Samaritan. Those two cultures would not mix. But guess what? Jesus was still there. I want to speak to you and I want to say, if you're going to be like Jesus, you have to. You have to be living a life that most people would not be living. You have to be willing to speak to people some people are not willing to speak to. You have to be willing to go places other people are not willing to go. 
But now what we see here is the disciples miss this whole encounter of God. And when they come to Jesus, they are surprised about what's going on. You see, if you are walking on the path that everyone is walking on, you will be surprised about the things that God is doing. You'll be surprised that God would move in a place like that, that God would use people like that because your mentality and your life is so fashioned to the ways of the world and so fashioned to the majority of what other people would do. But John chapter 4 verse 31 to 38, it says, Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him some food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of the one who has sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It is still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and see the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Now, even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one who's, the one who sows and the other one reaps is true. And then, and then Jesus says, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Now Jesus is speaking to them because they are surprised like Jesus. They, were, they went into the city to get food while Jesus was doing the work of God. And Jesus was saying, that is what fills me. That is the true food. While other people are, are chasing the natural food, Jesus was saying that there is something far greater, something that is that will fill your life far greater than what this world has to offer you, than what your body is craving for. I want to say that to you, that what are you craving for? What are you chasing? What are you looking out for that is blinding you from seeing the big picture? Because the disciples were blinded when God was, show, was, was walking on a distinct path that brings impact. I want to say this again to you. You will not have impact if you're living the life everybody's living. What we see in this place is before this passage, uh, uh, chapter uh, 4 of John, it says that it starts off with the, the, the Pharisees um, getting upset because Jesus and his disciples were baptizing people. So then the Bible says, okay, Jesus then leaves Judea and goes to Galilee. Now, the Bible says that Jesus had to, in the book of John chapter 4 verse 3 to 4 it says so he left judea and came back once more to galilee and says now he had to go through samaria now he had to go through samaria so when i read that verse i'm like what do you mean jesus had to so i go into the into the esv version of the bible it says jesus had to i went to the king james version it says jesus needed to go through this path now when you look through um, scripture when you look through uh, the the biblical history in the context of the story there was another way that jesus could have gone there was another way he could have gone to get to Galilee instead of going through Samaria. There was another way, but the Bible says Jesus had to. Jesus had to go on a certain way. I want to say that to you right now because we are not followers of man. We're not followers of different ideas that mankind will give us. We are followers of Christ. And in his life, we see that there was a path he had to go, even though there were other paths that he could have gone on. I pray that you listening to me right now would realize and understand this, that there are things that you must do that other people don't have to do. Come on now. There is a path that your life must follow that other people don't have to follow. There are things you have to do. Yes, you have to do them. Maybe your friends don't have to do it. Maybe your parents don't have to do it. Maybe you, your parents don't have to pray the way God's calling you to pray. Maybe your friends don't have to be as committed as you are committed. But there is a way that you must go, that you have to go. Other people don't have to go. Jesus had to go through Samaria. Now again, what is Samaria? Samaria is a place other people didn't go. Most people would not go there. Most people would not want to speak to those people. And in your life, I want to say this to you. 
there is a calling over your life that's gonna call that's gonna cause you to understand to understand that you have to you have to yes your friends say i don't have to go to church now i don't have to do these things but you must look to yourself and say no you have to you have to there is another way though you can be a man of god i want to speak to you listen to me right now you can be a man of god but there's another way you can live you can be a woman of God, but there's another way you can go. The Bible, Jesus speaks about this in the book of Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14. It says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only few find it. You see, there was a, a, a narrow, way, there was a broad way, the way that everybody else goes, that Jesus could have gone. But the Bible says that going on the broad road, the, the road where you are loose, the road where you are accepting things and you're just doing your own thing, you can go on that road where everybody else is going, where the whole world is going, where your flesh is telling you to go, where the enemy is telling you to go. You can go on that road, but that road leads to destruction. Listen, not just your destruction, but the destruction of others. Jesus looked at Samaria and understand that he had to go on that path because there were people he was going to meet. Jesus had not yet met this woman. Jesus had not yet seen this woman. But because he went on that path, he was able to bring impact in that person's life i want to say this to you that the road that god is calling you on the road that he says you have to go on the prayers he says you have to pray the commitment he says you have to have the surrounding circle your your social circle that he says you have to have if you go on the road god is calling you to there are people who you're gonna meet that you're gonna impact because you're going to go places other people are not willing to go. You're going to be more committed than, than other people are willing to be committed. And on that path, there are people who need you to be a person who is obeying God and who's willing to be used by God. You see, the, the, the broad road brings destruction, not just to you, but destruction to others. Because if you are loose with your walk, your walk with God, your friends are going to suffer. If you are loose with your walk with God, your family is going to suffer. If you are loose with your walk with God, your whole country and your community is going to suffer. But if you walk on the narrow road, I want to tell you one thing. Some people say that, hey, don't be narrow-minded. You know, usually when someone says don't be narrow-minded, it's because there's something they're trying to put in your mind. Listen to that. Usually when someone says don't be narrow-minded... It's because there is something they want to put inside of your mind. The Bible says that there is a small gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. There is a narrow road we are called to walk on. So guess what? It's okay to be narrow-minded about who God's called you to be. It's okay to be narrow-minded about the path God has called you to be. Be narrow-minded because narrow is the road that leads to life. Some people are so open-minded that they are accepting all sorts of understandings and beliefs and it's affecting their walk with God and maybe you have found yourself in a place where you've been open-minded and the world tells you be open-minded because there's something they're trying to plant in your mind but the bible says that there is a narrow road be narrow-minded about who god's called you to be be narrow-minded about your prayer life be narrow-minded about your character be narrow-minded about the mission over your life be narrow-minded the bible says in the book of acts chapter 6 verse 8 when jesus was ascending into heaven he said to them, it is not your time. The, 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 the disciples were asking, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And then he says, it's not your time to know. That it's not 
for you to know the times and the dates that the Father has set in his own authority. But it says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and where? In Samaria. In Samaria. Jesus went into Samaria first himself because Jesus was living by example. Jesus was willing to go to places where other people were not willing to go. People wouldn't go that way. People wouldn't speak to those people. People are not willing to do those things. Jesus went there and then after he does it, he tells his disciples, now you guys do it. You see, this is the message that the Bible says to you. It says Jesus was willing to go to areas where people were not willing to go so that salvation would break forth in that place. Jesus walked the path that most people wouldn't walk so that salvation would break forth in places where people would not expect salvation to break out. You see, you can be used by God to bring change where other people have given up on certain places, where people have given up on certain people, where people have given up on certain missions. If you are willing to walk on the path that other people are not willing to go on, then you can be the one who will be remembered, who would set the trajectory, who would set the path that other people can walk on after you as Jesus did. Again, understand we are followers of Christ. We're not just followers of 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 ideas and followers of men now i want you to see one thing about the samaritans why was they beef between the samaritans what happened in you know the story of egypt jesus takes the people uh the israelites out of egypt and then he brings them into the promised land now in the promised land there is a political turmoil which splits the nation and then there's a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom the northern kingdom is called israel and then the southern kingdom is called judah now in israel in israel what the the people begin to do they begin to forget god and because they forget god the enemy comes in and when the enemy comes in he the enemy takes um, the best people, this story you can find, uh, you know, the story of, of Daniel and the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Yes, this is what's happening. The, the, the enemy comes into the land of Israel and takes the best people outside of, outside of Israel and uses them to build the enemy's kingdom. But the enemy doesn't stop there. Then the, en- the enemy takes the best out of Israel and, and, and says, okay, you guys build the kingdom of God. And then what the enemy also do- does is the enemy sends people from the enemy's camp and brings them into the land of the Israelites so that the Israelites would begin to be, would begin to mingle and would begin to, you know, single and mingle, but would begin to mingle with um, um, the, the enemy. And, and they begin to live with the enemy and the enemy would begin to teach the, the, the Israelites um, their ways and they begin to change their culture. So, so two things quickly before we get into our three points and I close the message. Two things you can learn from the enemy. Understand, guys, the enemy is a threat to your life. And anything that is a threat, listen, in any way in your life, in any part of your life, if something is a threat to you, it means there's something in that person or in that thing that you can learn. Now, two things about the enemy that we can learn. Write these down. Number one, the enemy has standards. The enemy has standards. The problem with too many people of God is we've, we have low standards for the kingdom of God. What the enemy does is he comes into the kingdom of God. He comes among God's people and he says, I want the best from you guys to build my kingdom. You know what the, what the sad thing is? Is in these days, we still find that there are people who come to church and they give their, the kingdom of a God their leftovers. But when it comes to the things of the world, Christians are giving their best. Christians are showing up, they are dressing their best, they are preparing their best, they are on time when it comes to things outside of God. But when it comes to the things of God, it seems like Christians are giving second best. The enemy wants the best for his kingdom. Understand that you represent a kingdom and you must want the best for your kingdom. But number two, the enemy does not just want the best because sometimes you can find yourself and say, okay, I'm not the best, I'm not really seen, I'm not someone who's noticed. I want you to understand what the enemy also does is he sends his people, he sends the enemy, he, he, he brings... Uh, 
friendships, he brings relationships, he brings love, he brings marriage um, to the people who are ignored, to the people who are not the best. So if you are feeling like you're not the best, if you feel like you're not being seen, if you feel like you're being ignored, don't think that the enemy doesn't see you. The enemy sees you. And what the enemy just wants you to do is begin to connect with people who don't serve God. He just wants you to become friends. He just wants you to start listening to the music. He just wants you just just, just to start changing your, your, your convictions. He just wants you to become more open-minded about different ideas and different spiritualities. And that is how he's going to change you. Now, that's is the story of the Samaritans. The Samaritans were the people who mingled with the, they were Jews, right? And, and, and they allowed the enemy to come into their camp and they begin to mingle, get married, and then they changed their culture. And then from being Jews, they became, they became Samaritans. Then just to cut a long story short, um, the enemy destroyed the temple of God. And when the Samaritans wanted to help, uh, some of the leaders of, of, of Judah said, no, we don't want you guys to help us. Um, and then uh, because the Samaritans got upset with the leaders of Judah, then the Samaritans were against the building of the kingdom, of, of the temple of God. So I, I don't know if I'm being very clear about that. But basically, that's where <laughs> the, the beef started between these two cultures, right? So there was a beef. Now, I'm, what I'm saying with that is that the Samaritans from that moment were labeled wrong. They were labeled as the bad people. They were labeled as the people who have re rejected God. They were labeled as the people who have, have accepted other beliefs and other cultures and other stuff that is not, have, has nothing to do with God. They have, they have gone off the wrong path. Let's, let's cut those guys off. They're against the, the people of God. They were labeled wrong. I want to say, you must not be so caught up with how man has labeled people, but be caught up with how God has labeled people. Don't be so caught up with how man has labeled a, a city. Don't be so caught up with how God, uh, how people have, have labeled a, a family. Don't be caught up with how people have labeled yourself. And above all, don't be confused and, and caught up with how you maybe have labeled yourself. Ask yourself, how has God labeled you? Because Jesus was showing us that even though people had labeled Samaria bad, even though people had labeled this woman bad, he had labeled her as a woman of God. He was willing to see what other people were not willing to see. Are you willing to change how you've been seeing things? Are you willing to change how you've been seeing people? Are you willing to change how you've been doing your life and begin to ask you, ask God, how have you labeled my life? Listen, you know, people may have called Samaria the wrong people. People may have called Samaria the wrong place. Now, you may be in a place where you're listening to this podcast and you feel like you're around the wrong people. You feel like you don't have the right people in your life or, or, or like the people around you are not really, uh, they're not helping you and it's, you're just around the wrong people. Maybe you may feel like you're in the wrong place and you feel like you're a bit stuck. I want to tell you that Jesus and the heart of God is always ready to start bringing something right out of something that looks wrong. So even if you are around wrong people, Jesus's heart and the heart of God is to bring something right out of the wrong. Maybe you're in a place where you feel like, ah, oh, this place is just bad. I want to tell you again, the heart of God is to bring something right out of the wrong place. Now, three points that we need to learn from this in order to be someone who would do some things and someone who would be an impact and someone who's going to do mighty things in the hand of God. Um, we can learn these things really quickly. I want to say number one, three points. Please write these down and remember them and meditate on them. Number one, your needs, what do you have labeled a need? It reveals what is important to you. What you have labeled as a need, it reveals what is important to you. 
what you have labeled a need doesn't actually reveal what is important. What we see with the disciples is when God was moving, the disciples went to go get food. Why? They, they felt like they needed food. But then Jesus says in the book of John chapter 4, verse 31 to 32, it says, Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. And he said to them, I have food you know nothing about. You, have no, you know nothing about the food. You know nothing about what is important. You know nothing about what you actually need. Can you imagine that? Maybe right now you're in a place when you're saying, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. Maybe you're in a place where God is actually trying to communicate and say, what you think you need is actually not what you need. There is something that you need. There is something that you need that you have no idea about. And this is why it's so important that you walk on the path that most people are not willing to walk on. I can't believe that not one disciple said, I'm going to stay with Jesus. I can't believe not one disciple when they, was, they said they are, they are all hungry and not one said, let me stay with Jesus. Let me, let, let me be with Jesus. All of them responded to their need and that is the sad thing that you'll find yourself in. You feel like something is, you, you feel like you need something and then you begin to go chase that thing and later you come to God. And when you come back to God, you find out actually what you were chasing is actually not what you needed. God will look at you and say, you've been chasing the degree, you've been chasing the money, you've been chasing relationships, you've been chasing uh, a reputation and that's actually not what you needed you're still stuck at the same place please again we must walk on the road that people are not willing to go on most people wouldn't go on the way where jesus was where jesus was positioning himself to be used but instead other people were positioning themselves to to serve their needs number two don't waste your time you don't have time to waste if you're going to walk on the path that other people are not willing to go on, you must understand that you have no time to waste. The book of John chapter 4 verse 34, it says, My food, Jesus says, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I want to say you don't have time. Why? Because you have unfinished business. There's an assignment over your life. And when, just like in school, when there's an assignment that you must do, you know that there's a time limit. And because there's a time limit, you can't waste time. You must get to it. I want to say that to you. Stop wasting your time. Most people are willing to waste their time with relationships that are going nowhere. Most people are willing to waste their time with, with fun that's not going anywhere. Most people are willing to waste their time doing things that are not bringing in any results and any fruit for the kingdom of God. I want to say, don't waste your time. If there is someone who's wasting your time, you need to tell them, look, I don't have time for that. I need to be focused on three main things. Is If you're studying, it's your studies. If you're working, it's your work. Other thing is building a healthy family foundation. And number three is building um, your, your purpose, your God-given purpose. Those three things are the main three things you need to be building your life around. All right? Everything else, everything else that's not feeding these main three pillars, those things need to go. And number three, you must understand that everything from everyone is enough. Guys, understand, guys, like all believers, I don't know where you live right now and where you're listening to this. Guys, if all of us give our all to the kingdom of God, then that's enough. The problem that the country is facing right now, the problem that the world is facing right now is that the believers are not giving their everything. If we all give our everything, that will be enough to bring change to our country, to bring change to our communities, to bring change to our families. If everyone is doing their all, then that will be enough. The book of John chapter 4 verse 38, it says, I have sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Jesus is saying to the disciples that other, you guys are going to benefit from the hard work of others. I want to say to you, let us be the people. Let us be a generation. Let us be a generation that is going to do hard work so that 
a generation behind us doesn't have to face the, the fights that we're going to face. What I want to say today is I want to bring some encouragement to you and I want to challenge you to say, guys, if we all do what we are meant to do, there's a generation, there are young kids behind us that won't have to face the general generational curses that we are facing, that don't have to fight the fights that we are fighting. If we are willing to do the hard work, may a generation behind us be able to read that verse and say, yes, that we pay the price. There was a generation ahead of us when speaking about us. May they say that there was a generation ahead of us that paid the price, that prayed, that was radical in their faith, that wanted to bring transformation to their nation, and they did their best. So now the generation behind them, behind us, will be able to reap the benefits of our of our hard work. I want to say, are you willing to go the path that other people won't go? Are you willing to go the the, the journey? or the road less traveled? Are you prepared to walk on the narrow road and go through the small gate? Are you ready to be narrow-minded and say, you know what, I'm not going to go where other people are willing to go. I'm going to go where people don't want to go. You're going to go places where people aren't willing to speak. You aren't willing to go to. You're willing to speak to people aren't willing to speak to. Other people aren't willing to speak to. You're willing to go to places other people are not willing to go. If that's you, I want to say a prayer. And if that hasn't been you so far, I want to say a prayer for grace over your life. Let's say this prayer together. God, I come before you. I thank you for everyone who's listening. I pray, God, give us grace, give us courage, my God, to be people who will go places where other people wouldn't go, to, to speak to people who other people wouldn't speak to. I pray in the name of Jesus, may we be the people who will do things other people wouldn't. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and we all said, amen, amen. All for the glory of God, guys. So again, um, this is the end of... Uh, the podcast for 2020 have a happy merry christmas and have a happy new year see you in 2021 god bless still though guys i have other podcasts maybe you haven't listened to so please check them out if you haven't checked them out uh and share the links with all your loved ones and even the haters take care James 1 verse 22 tells us to be doers and not just hearers of the word. Now that we've heard, let's go out there and get some things done. Amen? Amen.